Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 176 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 75 through 77, where Kuwabara doesn't have time to save the world because he has a concert to go to, Seaman uses his bodily fluids to make liquid monsters, and Yu Yu Hakusho just wants you to know that people suck, okay? I mean, it's just something that people have to get used to in this world as we shift from the Facebook monster to even more monsters i'm assuming that they're going to be creating in labs next time and they're going to be sending them out to i don't know tell people what they should and should not think and what they should and should not believe and what people they should and should not destroy and maybe release some demons into a world so they can put them into a demon cockfight match I don't know. It's it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, a mess, and uh, luckily it'll all be on a VHS tape, so you'll be able to watch it. Anyways, let's jump in. I feel like uh, what I should have done before we recorded this episode is found that old Cowboy Bebop episode where we explain what VHS tapes are. Um, I don't know which one it is, so I just think everybody should go back and listen to all of our Cowboy Bebop episodes from the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you can figure out what a VHS tape is and also, you know, get ready for the live action series. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in anime news of the week, uh, there is yet another trailer that I just watched for Cowboy Bebop. Um, in order to watch it, you have to go on to uh, Net Not a Sponsor um, and go underneath the the trailers and check out the additional trailers. This one is an at speed trailer, um, which looks so much more interesting for the fight sequences, for sure. Um, and I'm very interested to see how how it's going to end up shaking out at this point. I know that we we've sort of talked this to death, but I, I swear we're going to be, you know, never talking, never, you never not going to stop talking about it. So uh, just be prepared for that. Never stop. Never stopping. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's how it works. Um, and uh, I, I think the other piece of news I'm reading about right now as well, which is that uh, apparently Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is getting a, a game that nobody asked for. <laughs> yeah, I just saw this and weirdly it's actually a board game, which I feel like I I was definitely expecting it to be a video game and probably a mobile game at that when I saw the headline. But yeah, a new board game this is from comicbook.com. Um it's based on Full Metal Alchemist, specifically the uh climactic arc of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh which we haven't actually covered on the show, so we won't talk too much about that, but uh the board game is apparently called Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood: The Promised Day. It is a cooperative board game, which I like. I tend to like board games where players work with each other against the game rather than against each other. Um, the uh, you can play Edward Elric, um, Al, uh, Alphonse Elric, Roy Mustang, Riza Hawkeye, Scar, or Lin Yao. And then the antagonists included uh, are apparently Pride, Wrath, Envy, and Kimberly. Um, the game is for one to four players. And 
that looks like pretty much all the information. I don't see a release date listed here, but um, you know, maybe someday we'll get to go back to conventions. Uh, maybe we'll go to Gen Con at some point in the future and we'll see the game and we'll tell you about it. But yeah, if you're interested, if you like board games and you like that anime, the board game is coming out. So, um, you know, put out a, a Google alert or whatever and, and keep your eyes peeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's all the news I have. Uh, let's get into these fantastic Yu Yu Hakusho episodes because uh, I, I really like them. And uh, I am uh, eternally dreading how many stupid jokes you're going to be making about semen today. But let's go. What I would never. Um. So anyway, also you know what we're watching this and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Mob Psycho 100, like those three shows. I was going to be like Yu Yu Hakusho is consistently my favorite thing that we're watching, but we actually have a lot of bops going on right now and ship it in is about to head into a really good section too. So this is a, this is a nice time for the podcast. Um, all right. You, you, you show. So it's centered around this kid named Yusuke Yurameshi. He is, um, sort of like a delinquent, like middle school student or whatever. Uh, everybody thinks he's a bad guy, but then he is killed saving somebody from being, uh, hit by a truck. The afterworld, uh, or afterlife spirit world, whatever is like, well, we thought you sucked, but, uh, you're kind of good. So like, I don't know what to do with you. So they give him an opportunity to come back to life. He does. And then when he does, he has spiritual powers. He can see like, you know, spiritual beings and he can start shooting lasers from his fingertips and stuff. So the, uh, the afterworld is like, oh, you're going to work for us now. You're going to be what's called a spirit detective and you're going to get sent on missions and, uh, you know, just take care of business for us. Um, in, in the course of that, he's made a couple of friends. Uh, he had a frenemy from his school days named Kuabara, who it turns out is also, uh, highly sensitive to spiritual beings and stuff like that and has been his whole life. Um, after being pulled into various missions that Yusuke was going on, um, Kuabara developed the ability to create an energy sword. Uh, they both have, um, gained some knowledge and strength from a woman named Genkai, who is a longstanding, well-known name in the spirit world for being a, a strong lady with strong powers. Yusuke becomes the successor to her powers, and, um, she has become basically a mentor to Yusuke and his group. Um, they also made some friends with some demons. One of them is actually not appearing in these episodes, so we'll skip him. But uh, one of them is Kurama. Kurama is actually half demon, half human, because he was a demon that uh, was like escaping from something and uh, bonded with the spirit of a newborn baby. And so he grew up as a human and he's a lot more chill than the average demon and has been an ally for pretty much since he showed up early on in the series. Um, they have also made friends with some new characters recently. I know we're 70 episodes in, but just a few episodes ago, we met a couple of new protagonists um, because some of the events that have been taking place in the series have caused uh, various people in the human world to uh, suddenly awaken psychic powers. Um, the new characters don't play a huge role in these episodes, but they are around sort of part of the hero group. Um and the newly awakened psychic individuals are also part of our villain group. Um, Yusuke and his crew, uh, before they met up with the new psychic power people, just came back from a, a big bad tournament called the Dark Tournament that took place in the demon world, um, during which they, uh, for the most part, got some major power-ups except Kuabara. 
um, who was briefly thought to be dead and now seems to have lost all of his powers. Um, he, uh, once they returned, they found out that the, um, the, the like evil plan of one of the guys that was behind the dark tournament, they thought they had stopped it, but it turns out there is someone else out there who also knew that plan and is totally into making it happen. And that plan involves creating a giant dimensional portal from the demon world into the human world. We have recently learned that the demon world has um, numerous and potentially infinite tiers and that the lower down in the demon world you go, the larger and more powerful the demons are. So um, portals to the human world are usually not large enough to permit particularly strong demons to enter that uh, to, to come through. And so this is uh, bad news because this portal will be big enough for essentially like demons of, of massive size and power to overwhelm the human world. Um, so Yusuke and his friends are going to try and stop that. Um, I, I think that's everything you need to know. The There are psychic psychic people that are after Yusuke and his friends and kind of know who they are. They've had a few altercations so far, um, but haven't learned a ton about their enemies. Um, and again, Kuwabara is kind of part of the heroes, but doesn't really have his powers right now. Uh, I think that's everything you got to know before we hit episode 75. All right, so episode 75 is just going to be an, an episode just like any other where Blake doesn't have to make any jokes. It's called Caught hmm? in the Rain. And uh, first, Caught in the what? First, you need to know that Kuwabara, he likes a band. And that band is definitely <laughs> not Metallica, even though the name no. of the band is Megalica, which I yeah. looked at that and I was just like, that has to be a joke about that. And then you hear the music <laughs> that it's supposed to be, and it's like a pop band. And I was like, oh, so it does nothing to do with it. It's just a weird coincidence. I don't understand why they did just name it something else, but whatever. <laughs> Unless this is a real no. band. It- Megalica. <laughs> <laughs> the definite pop act Megalica has come yeah. to town. And I, I think this is a sign at some point briefly where they're like, it's their first time in Japan or whatever. So, yes, it is Megalica, the pop act, the pop sensation. Nay. And yeah, Kuwabara is like, oh, th- before this. Koenma, who I think I neglected to mention, but he's the guy in the spirit world that sends Yusuke on all of his missions. Uh, Koenma is like, hey, when I told you about the demon hole, I told you that you had three weeks and I have found out some new information that you only have one week. And I'm sorry, but that's the truth now. Yeah. And Kuwabara immediately is like, well, I'm going to leave uh, and I'm going to go see this concert because I bought these tickets like a year ago. And like, I know that the world is ending, but I did already have this on my phone. <laughs> that's like a, <laughs> that's like a very Blake move, by the way. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely we've definitely had like very important things come up and I'm like oh, we have to do these very important things and Blake is just like but I already scheduled this social engagement so <laughs> anyways I uh, have committed thank you. Yeah. Uh here's um, but here's, I get it cuz tickets ain't free. And Megalica is a world-renowned pop act. Okay, here's my other favorite part of this opening bit. 
Which is that they talk about it and they're like, we talked about it being a circle. But what it really is, is a sphere. And because of that, we didn't notice that it was way down inside of this cave that you're going to have to go into. And Yusuke is just like, geometry is next year. And I was just like, that is a great (laughs) joke. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. There's also a moment later on. uh, I I forgot to put it in my notes. I'm going to mention it now lest we forget but there's a moment later on when they're talking about like they they find out who the who the villain behind all of this is and they're like uh he he was too smart for his own good is basically the summary of it and yusuke's like oh is that why you picked me to be your spirit detective because i'm a dummy and koma's like yep (laughs) (laughs) in case you were wondering (laughs) you're correct so good because he's like he's joking like yusuke knows that he's not the brightest guy around but like he's joking and koenma's just like yes you're too stupid to be dangerous (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah uh here's here's the other thing about this episode (laughs) they have a character whose name is seaman and the reason his name is seaman is because He can create big, cool water monsters if he introduces his blood to them. And apparently the more blood he infuses with the water that's around him, um, the more powerful and bigger they become. Um, Like Mm -hmm. he he does more bodily fluids that he injects into uh, into the scenario, you know, the, the larger the liquid beast is, if you know what I mean. Oh, God, it's just the worst. The and that's worst. how semen works. Okay. And so um, he, he gives... <laughs> Also, they go out of their way in the dub to say semen because they know. <laughs> they know the problem. They, they predicted... <laughs> they should have just called him something else. They predicted... Seaman is not actually a particularly apt name for this power. <laughs> yeah, they, they predicted in the future a nigh-obscure podcast would be making... <laughs> so many jokes about this uh and okay it's just but the the explanation is just so dumb he's just like i'm called seaman because i have absolute power over liquid monsters and i'm like okay well like a seaman is like a a ship hand so this is not quite accurate like you know you know you're playing in the same ball field but you're not playing the same game yeah okay here's the other crazy thing about this episode (laughs) is that they don't attack Kuwabara <laughs> until he's yeah. like finished with this concert. And all I could think about was just like, that's a really nice thing that they were like, let him go to his concert. He did pay money Look, for this. So <laughs> you don't interrupt the concert of world renowned pop act Megalica. <laughs> that's just not a thing that you do. Um, anyway, a sensation. Yeah. They uh, go and they attack Kuwabara and his friends well, they attack his friend first, and then Kuobara is just like, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to try to fight against them, even though I don't have my powers anymore. Um, and that actually takes us into episode 76, Kuobara Awakening. And uh, this episode... This good Kuobara moment. Yeah, this like, episode is it, like Kuobara willing to take a complete beating until he is dead in order to try to save his friends. Um, his friends aren't doing jack shit to deal with... Yeah, they're... They have been, they have been totally consumed by seamen. Yeah, um, <laughs> just they are not, they are not <laughs> able to battle at all. 
Um, and also I was, I was watching these episodes while Pete was sitting on the couch next to me playing a game. And I turned to him and I was like, I'm going to make so many jokes about semen. And then he proceeded to make multiple jokes about semen back to me. (laughs) This is, this is, this is why you married him, right? (laughs) (laughs) The thing about this that I really like is that Kuwabara. So like this, the idea of a shonen anime protagonist fighting a battle in which he has no powers or in which his powers are outclassed and he just does it anyway is as old as the hills. I mean, that is, that's a cliche of the shonen genre and, you know, doing it for his friends is just throwing another cliche in there. But there's something about this so, there's something about the way that Yu Yu Hakusho presents it. There is something about the way that Kuwabara goes about this mm. that doesn't feel like they are playing a trope. It feels like they're playing a character. And, yeah. you know, maybe if you're not as much of a, a writing nerd as I am or whatever, you might not, you might feel that that's a distinction without a difference, which is fine. But to me, you know, I, I, I mean, it's like Naruto's number one technique is to fight a losing battle because his, he cares about his friends. Like that is his whole ethos. That's pretty much the same ethos for Goku. I believe for Luffy, although I haven't gotten very far in that series, like this is the main shonen protagonist motivation is I don't care if I can beat you. I care that my friends are in danger and that is all that matters. But just the way that Kuwabara goes about it feels different. It's just enough extra spice added into the dish to make you think that it's something new. And it works so well. Like there's this moment when Kuwabara is like, yeah, I don't have my powers, but I'm still going to wreck you. And then he kicks the head off of one of the little water monsters. And you're just like, Kuwabara is the best. Like, this is so great. I love this. This was just, it was awesome. Yeah. Then Kuwabara is completely absorbed by the water monster. um, And he starts to pass out. He's freaking out because he's like, I can't lose. I got to do something. I got to do something. And then. Yeah. And the water monster is drowning them. And also, Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, I, I guess one thing I didn't establish, if you've been following along, you know this already. The new people with psychic powers create zones called territories. And if you're in the territory of a psychic user, you basically are at the mercy of the rules they've established for that territory. And when you are inside the water monster, that is Siemens territory. And so the water monsters are basically like a dimensional barrier. Like when they're in the real world, they're just water monsters. But when you are consumed inside of them, it, it acts as though you are in a different dimension. Like you can still see out of the water monster, but you're like, the the barrier to get out of them you can't get through it unless you can transition between dimensions and that's not a thing that should be possible and it turns out it is in one way which turns out to be kuobar reawakens his powers summons a new sword and this sword is able to cut through dimensional barriers um which is very important because the Im- enemies have been looking for somebody who can cut through dimensional barriers so there it is. Also, speaking of cliches from shonen anime, a character whose powers in a battle 
a moment of crisis whose powers suddenly turn into a different type of power or a stronger version of itself. It's a cliche. I love to see it, but it's a cliche, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. let me, let me, in reference to what came before as well, cliches are not inherently bad. Cliches and tropes uh, are tools and tools can be used well and they can be used poorly. And so when I'm talking about, you know, Naruto and Luffy and all that stuff, I'm not, I'm not talking shit about them by saying that this is a thing that they do. But what I'm saying is that this is not, this is not a fresh character motivation in the shonen anime genre in the same way that a character suddenly powering up in an otherwise unwinnable desperate situation is not really something that we haven't seen before. It's actually super common to the point that you're like, of course that's what's going to happen. But there is an explanation provided by Genkai to Yusuke while this stuff is going on that I was so delighted by what she says is that Kuwabara maybe never lost his powers after all, but that he is has always been the one among them who is the most able to sense spiritual beings and stuff. And that he, because of this ability to sense things, um, he uh, unconsciously noticed the danger of the demon barrier weeks ago. And his powers did not vanish, but they basically went into hibernation to sort of like evolve into a new form in reaction to the bad thing that he unwittingly sensed was on its way. And this is the smartest like trick to give a character a repowering after a depowering and a power up out of nowhere. I have never seen somebody do it so well in a way that I am like, not only do I accept this, but I I'm actively happy that this is happening. Like usually I'm a little annoyed when characters kind of pull new powers out of their asses for no reason, especially if they were supposedly permanently depowered. But like, this is genius. Mm -hmm. And I, was absolutely floored by how great the the sort of narrative around this battle was. Yeah. I actually thought that the fight with the water monsters was not that good, but uh, I thought that the story was great. Yeah. This episode is really all about story and the next one too. Yeah. Um, so he is able to cut through the water monster and in a dope moment, he cuts into the ground and also into Seaman's <coughs> chest um, and so, uh, Seaman goes down, um, instead of leaving him there, Kuobar takes everybody back to the hospital, um, where they are kind of dealt with, um, and also while they're there, um, Seaman is going to realize that this is the dimensional sword that they've been looking for. And also he explains, um, who and why, uh, all of this is happening. And it turns out um, that Kurama has also sort of figured out the same thing, except for Kurama's just like, hey, I don't feel like um, uh, I, I don't feel like uh, are, are we are being told everything. And so he goes into the spirit realm and he's just like, hey, you need to tell me who this villain is, because it sounds like you know who he is. And it turns out this takes us into episode 77 uh, since we's fall. Um, Shinobu since we um, he was a former spirit detective. The detective before um, Yusuke 
was the spirit detective. And it turns out that there is this thing called uh, Chapter Black. It's a tape that's apparently thousands of hours long, and it's like a highlight reel of everything bad that humans have ever done. Um, he, Yeah, there's like a, there's a little bit of a... Un- we didn't name it, but we referenced like the Holocaust. We referenced like the bombing of Hiroshima. There's like a, a lot of bad stuff that happens, but it's, it is basically just like a nonstop um, highlight reel of humanity at its worst. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, since we is, he, he's not able to square what humans are and what they've been doing to demons and what demons are and what the difference is between humans and demons and their horribleness is. And his, his thinking basically is just like humans are worse than demons. And I was like, I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I, I definitely had this thought, which it's like, you know, uh, I, I, this is the first time we're hearing about Sensui and, and they tell us a little bit of his backstory too. Um, this is the first time I, we're hearing about Sensui and about the motivations around like the people that are working with him and like, y- you know, humans are not great. It's true. Like, you know, individual humans can be pretty great, but humans as a general rule do a lot of bad things for reasons that really don't justify those bad things. And that's that's a true thing. Uh, it seems to me that everybody in the Yu Yu Hakusho world is really blissfully ignorant about this fact mm-hmm. in a way that's like a little concerning to the point when they realize that like some people suck, their ability to sympathize with any human has gone out the window. So that's not great. Uh, but also, you know, demons have been shown with with a few exceptions like Kurama. Uh, they have been shown to almost universally be super terrible and like delighting in sadistic torture and murder. Like, you know, demons are sort of the worst of humanity at all times. So like seeing something that shows that people are bad sometimes and determining that demons are the solution it's not, it's like seeing a building on fire and being like, I will put it out with napalm, you know, like it's just not, it doesn't completely follow. And I, I think that that's fine because I think that it is an interesting motivation that the villains are upset with the ways that humans can be bad and therefore have determined to eradicate humans. And the fact that the way they're going about it is by arguably introducing an element that is worse is a logical fallacy that I can forgive because I think the motivation is interesting and because, you know, one of the ways to give a villain a sympathetic motivation is to give them something that is believable or understandable, but that has a sort of like logical counter argument that they have rejected for some reason. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's a Um, very, it's, it's very, it's, it's very interesting to see a character have a break like this too, where he's just like all about protecting the human and the human world. And suddenly his entire morals have been shaken to the core to the point where he becomes a villain. 
And it's really yeah. interesting when he goes on this sort of rampage against it that he starts to find these like like-minded people that also believe this. Uh-huh. And it's it reminds me of kind of uh, kind of like a Thanos-esque villain where he he believes yeah. what he is doing is justified um because of the horrors that they've seen inside of their world and what they've gone to. And the children of Thanos are sort of the same way as well, where they get lumped together because they're like, we also believe that what Thanos is doing is justified um, because he believes that he needs to rebalance the scales. And um, uh, arguably, since we is like, yeah, I need to rebalance the scales as well. The humans are just as bad as the demons. So the world of the demons and the humans basically can, you know, can get slammed together and the, the, the biggest, most terrible monster, I guess, will survive. And I'm just like, it's it's flawed, but I see how a crazy person might get there. Um, and it yeah, sounds it's a like, certain type of logic. Yeah, and I think that's certain type of logic that makes you feel like you're in the right is one of the greatest hallmarks of a good villain. And uh, yeah. I, I think that's what's so interesting about the, the way that Sensui is written. And... It's like um, it's a little bit like Magneto from the X-Men where Mm. like he is a bit of a mutant supremacist because he grew up in the Holocaust, which was also a like time of supremacy causing terrible things to happen to his people. And so he has become sort of a a supremacist out of a um, out of a belief that like it's either them or me. So he and this is this is not always true of Magneto because comics are an ongoing soap opera and there's been decades. So don't at me if you're like, well, in this era, Magneto did not think like that. Like, please, I get it. But like when you look at Magneto, uh, the sort of like core concept that a lot of people have Magneto, the one that shows up in the movies is a man who has taken the trauma of being othered by humans, realized perhaps incorrectly that this trauma is inevitable and decided that I will, I will, you know, fight and potentially do terrible things if I have to, to protect my kind, because there is a sort of like tribalism that is inherent in humanity. And it's like a lot of the heroes of the X-Men reject that and a lot of people believe that he's right, but reject his methods. And that makes an interesting villain. And I think Sensui is kind of playing in the same zone. And you know what else? I got the impression that the chapter black tape did not change Sensui's mind. Like I got the impression that he, his mind was changed before that. And then the chapter black tape, like reinforced what he was already thinking. Yeah. Because his backstory shows him like going on a mission in which he is expecting to protect humans from demons but finds humans hurting demons instead. And it, it something is said that basically insinuates or, or, or maybe outright states, but I'm just a little uncertain that I interpreted it correctly. Um, but it seems to be that like uh, Sensui's mind was sort of shattered by that because he was, I guess, like so committed to the idea that humans needed protecting from demons. And that was his like purpose in life. And so when he found out that some humans could torture demons instead of the other way around, it like shattered his sense of self or something like that. And then it seems to me like he discovered the chapter black video shortly after that. 
and that basically that became like his sort of like uh like a confirmation of his of his new beliefs and then like a tool that he would use to help people come around to his way of thinking which is mm-hmm. so interesting so anyway since we and sniper are going to show up they're going to try and shoot seamen um <laughs> And Sniper's going to actually, if he actually shoots semen like he intends to, he's going to spray semen all over the walls. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my but God. But Kuobar stops him from shooting semen. Oh, God. Anyways, huh? um, Yusuke and since we get uh, to a moment where they are about to fight with each other, and, well, Yusuke throws the first blow, and since we parries it very easily, and everybody's like, oop. And then the episode's over. Um, so yeah, yeah. They, they say something about like Sensui was taught to use his powers in a similar way to what the way that you were taught. So like he's able to fire energy kind of similar to your spirit gun. And, and it, it's interesting, right? They're what they're doing. We talked about this on the show before. A, a lot of the times you'll have you know the villain be the dark version of your hero. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, this is since we is unambiguously set up as dark Yusuke, like he had Yusuke's job. He has, you know, a lot of similar attributes. He has now been stated to have similar powers. Like they are, they are mirrors of each other that had a moment of choice where one of them went left and one of them went right. And that's super interesting. But you know, what, what also was interesting was I was kind of thinking my way back through and I was like, I don't think this has happened yet. And Yu Yu Hakusho, like his villains have all been sort of like motivated by other stuff. And there might have been similarities between them, but there wasn't like, I don't remember there being a villain that was like a dark reflection of Yusuke in the way that Sensui is being set up to. And I think that's really exciting. So I'm really looking forward to finding out what happens because I do not know what happens. This yeah. is, and this has been great so far. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So stick with us out of these credits and we'll talk about something coming up next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on Comic Book Keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind. 
at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episodes 31 through 33. Look, if you want to destroy a small town, what you need is a person that loves to make bombs and also a little teeny tiny rock that gives them enough power to make everyone in that town bombs. And then you're going to have a good time. Yeah. People exploding left and right, just yeah. like... It's going to be de bomb. So- <laughs>